but we're going to have Edith super excited, so give her a little warm clap. Give her a Um, I just want to draw your attention to um, one thing, and this is our um, week of prayer and fasting. Um, and if you were here last week, um, we had an awesome we we had an awesome week last week—a prophetic morning with just prophetic worship and words just coming. And this is going to be uploaded on SoundCloud. No, yeah, SoundCloud. I want to always want to call it SoundWife, but it's SoundCloud. Um, it's on our app. It will be on our Facebook page, and um, you get in. You can get into the words that came forth last Sunday. There were some really awesome prophetic words for this year that you can apply personally, but also for us corporately. And so we have ended this week of prayer and fasting last night, starting at 6 p.m. And um, so if you want to join us, it's not too late. And what we're going to do is, if you want to, we are opening this auditorium up from Monday to Friday, every morning from 6 to 7. Um, and it will be predominantly soaking prayer in the morning. Um, and in the evening, we're going to open up the auditorium again from 6 to 7. And it will be more... Um, I, well, we're going to be led by the Holy Spirit, but I, I anticipate to be more like a prayer, decreeing, prophetic, speaking into the atmosphere, um, just the words that God and Holy Spirit want us to lay hold of. So Monday to Friday, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. and 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. And, um, and so if you want to join me and, and Mel, he just nodded and says, I'll be in it. So um, that's a good thing. You, you're welcome to join us. Okay, I want to talk today about something that I am very passionate about. I'm passionate about a lot of things. I think I'm just the kind of a passionate person, but I am passionate about heaven. I'm passionate about the culture of heaven. And you know what? We don't have to wait to get there until we can experience the culture of heaven. We can have heaven on earth. And so what do you think heaven is like? What do you think the atmosphere in heaven is like? I think some of us will think, well, it's 24-7 worship, and yes, and there'll be peace, and there'll be no more pain, and no more tears. Well, I don't know about the tears thing. I like crying when I'm happy. I like crying in the presence of the Lord. But anyway, there'll be no more tears. There'll be joy, there's joy, unspeakable and never ending, celebration, but the most dominant, I believe, aspect, atmosphere is, I believe, is the love of God. His presence. 1 John 4, 8 says, God is love. And so heaven is filled with the love of the Father, with the love of God, because that's where God is. I want to share a story with you about a, a doctor, Dr. Eben Alexander. He's a neurosurgeon. I don't know whether you've heard his story, but he was an agnostic, and he used to try and figure out people who have had near-death experiences. 
and he tried to figure out how how that works because they all came back and they had these ex ex incredible experience with with a place they called heaven and with God and he always he couldn't figure it out because scientifically it made no sense and so he always put it down to that those people were hallucinating there were hallucinations that they've had in that state of near death but in 2008 something happened to Dr. Alexander he had a near-death experience he encountered God and heaven himself. He had a near-death experience encountering God and heaven, uh, God and heaven himself. And what he came back and, ex and, and explained was that all he could feel, all he could sense was just this love. It permeated everything. It went beyond his physical state, physical feeling. It permeated everything. Every cell of his being was just filled with, with love. And all he could say, all he could put it down to that, this is God. This is God. It cannot be anything else, but this is God. So love is the culture and the atmosphere of heaven. And this love is demonstrated by the relationship that God the Father has with the Son and with the Holy Spirit. If you've read the book, The Shack, um, you would have come across a conversation that this guy Mac had with, with God and, and with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit. And he asked about the hierarchy, the chain of command. And they laughed at him. And they said, there is no chain of command. It's all about relationship. It's all about mutual love. It's all about mutual respect. It's all about mutual honor. It's, it's no one is in charge. There is not one boss. And so that is the atmosphere of heaven. It's, it's all about relationship. See, love is always received, but it's always given. We can't have love by ourselves unless you're a narcissist. Okay? And then you love you and your, you love me, myself, and I only, and you don't care about anybody else. But in real life, love is given and love is love is received and love is given. We were created for fellowship. We were created for relationship. You know, after God created Adam on the sixth day, he looked and he said, it's very good. But then in Genesis 2.28, he says, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So God established relationship between a man and a woman. God established marriage. And then he gave them authority to rule and have dominion over all of his creation, whatever he's created. And he said, be fruitful and multiply. So God established a family in the garden. And God's purpose on this earth is still his family. We sang it before. In my mother's womb, you have chosen me. Love has called my name. I've been born again into your family. We are born into a family. 
Heaven's government is family. Heaven's rule, heaven's government is family. Ephesians 3, 14 to 15 says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. God's government, God's purpose for us is to be his family. A family in the garden and a family in heaven. The most powerful form of government is relational. It's not structure. It's not, um, what are they called? Procedures. It's relation. It's not program. It's, it's not management. It's relational. Why do you think there is so much attack from the enemy on the family unit today in our society? Why do you think that is? He knows that if a family is together, if a family works well together, there is nothing stopping that family. The enemy knows the power of family, so he is out to destroy it. And when you look around our culture, if you look around our society, you would think he's doing a pretty good job of it. We have a generation of people being fatherless and without. Children growing up without fathers. I've heard a statistic last Sunday. Now, I I don't know whether it's correct, but I want to give it anyway because I think it's probably pretty close. It says that 56% of all six-year-old children, think about that, 56% of all six-year-old children live without their biological dad. 56% of all six-year-old without their biological dad. We have absent fathers. We have fathers and families who are absent because they're too busy making money, building a business, doing ministry, and emotionally disconnected. You know, I want to share, Malcolm and I, we have learned the hard way because we have not always been there for our kids. Because when our children were little, we were told this whole priority thing, you know? God first, family, ministry, work. But the expectation on us was that we put ministry first. And ministry was always first for us. I remember when, when Karina and, and, and Caleb were little. The needs of others were always more important than the needs of our children. And I've cried long and hard over this for many, many years because I knew how wrong it was. Yeah, I was just going to say that, Caleb, thank you. We still turned out all right. And I believe that's by the grace of God. And, uh, and you know, I don't have any regrets because we did the best with what we knew how to and, and what we were taught back then. But I want to tell you one thing right now. My children and my grandchild are my number one priority right now. I will never put ministry before my children again. When Corina needs me, I'm there. When River needs me, I'm there. 
when Caleb needs me, I'm there. When Shah needs me, I'm there. They are my number one priority. <laughs> You're not my child. So, we, you know, we can all be too busy and we can be emotionally detached, but that is not how God planned it. Okay? We have spiritual orphans. We have, we have spiritual orphans. People, believers, Christians who don't know, um, who don't have a connection with spiritual fathers and mothers. And, um, and so, we need fathers, we need mothers, we need to have relationship, we, we need to have fathers and mothers relationally and spiritually. I want to read to you what Psalm 68 says in the Passion Translation. I love this scripture. To the fatherless, he is a father. To the widow, he is a companion friend. Now, widow is not just a woman whose husband died. Okay, I want to say this, it's, it's divorcees, it's single mums. I class them all as widows. Single women, single men. Yeah. He is a companion friend. To the lonely, he gives a family. To the prisoner, he gives freedom until they each sing for joy. How does God do that? How does God reveal himself to the orphans, to the widows, to the lonely? How does he do that? He does it through his body, through his church, through community through family. That's how God does it today. And the church has not been spared from the attack by the enemy. You know, bringing division, bringing disunity, bringing hurt. You know, pastors hurting people, people hurting pastors. You know, it's the enemy's tried to attack the family of God by dividing and by, and by disunity and by offense and hurt and pain and all sorts of things. And for 2,000 years, we built denominationalism and brought division to the body of Christ because we didn't gather around relationship. We didn't do relationship. We did program. Okay? But we need to do relationship. We've been trying to do Jesus' job because Jesus said in Matthew, I will build my church. We don't have to build the church. That is Jesus' job. We have to build a family. We have to make a family. And I am passionate about this for our community. I am passionate about us becoming the family of God in this place. Our job is to reflect the culture of heaven. What's the culture of heaven? It's love. It's relationship. The kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. We are to be the family of heaven here on earth. You know, and as Christians, we are born again into a family. As I said before, we sang it. We're not born again into a church or into a domination or into some institution or system. We're born into the family of God. And God puts the lonely in families. He establishes fathers and mothers 
who reflect the Father heart of God, who will gather the lonely, who will gather the homeless, who will gather the widows, who will gather the orphans. I want to be a gatherer. I want to gather more people into this place so that they can become part of our family. And God establishes fathers and mothers. Excuse me. Just just on that note of gathering, um, often there's people that don't fit into mainline churches. And if you know people that don't fit, that don't feel that they fit into those mainline churches, invite them here. Bring them here. Welcome them into this place. Welcome them into um, even even your relationship so that you can embrace them because um, you know, I, I, I cast my mind back a, a, a couple of years to where I was approached by other pastors because they had people that they didn't know how to minister to. And they... they they basically said they don't fit in our church. And I was so grieved because church should be a place of where anyone can go and feel loved, accepted, and, and validated for who they are because they are loved by God. And I, I just so want to encourage each one of us to extend that hand, to extend that that love for those who don't feel that they fit. They're welcome here. Okay? They're welcome here because that is the heart of God, that there are no misfits. Um, we can be a misfit family, loved by God. Very good to sign. So, so when we reflect the Father heart of God, we do what we see the Father do. And we will speak the words the Father wants to speak to them. You know what? It is really, really important about the words that we speak. And that is just something on the side. It is really important that it's important the words that we speak to one another. Because I said that many times before, it's very easy to see the faults in others. You get close to me, you soon find out that I'm not perfect. That might be news to you. Okay. But I have faults. And I might even upset you. It's never my intention to do that. But I might. So it's easy to see the fault. But you know what? We need to look for the gold in each other. We need to look for the for the, we need to look at the potential that every person has. The potential that every person has. And that's what you encourage people in. That's what you draw out. Because when you, when you draw the gold out in one another, then, then together we will grow and we will do what God wants us to do. Putting people down, criticizing them, speaking negatively will always cause people to be shut down. But we need to encourage and lift one another up into what God has created each and every one of us to be. Because God never made a mistake. God never created anybody with no value. And I'm talking about in a minute. So everybody needs to feel that they belong. 
we are neurobiologically wired in our brains for connection. That's how God created us. Remember back in, in the garden? It's not good for man to be alone. Now, Adam had fellowship with God. He walked in the cool of the, of the day, every day with God. He had fellowship with God. But God knew that he needed a companion that he could also have connection with. Okay? Everybody in this world wants to belong to someone or somewhere or something. It's a human need that is within our psyche that we have. And the greatest enemies to us having connection with one another is based in shame and fear. And shame is such a rotten thing. It is so debilitating when you have shame in your life because it causes you to not connect. It causes you to not trust. It causes you to not really give of yourself authentically and, 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 and in a real way. See, shame says, and this, and I want you to listen to this, because our self-talk is really important, because that's what happens when shame is, is present. It's, it's your self-talk. I'm wrong. I'm not good enough. I'm not spiritual enough. I'm not pretty enough. I could never do that. I'm not this. I'm not that. Shame causes us to compare one to another. We are not to compare one to another. Because <laughs> nobody is like you. And you're not like anybody else. You know? So what are you comparing yourself to? If you're not like them, and they're not like you. There's nothing to compare. But I suppose we've been bombarded. Magazines, media, television, ads, whatever. That's what you should be like. That's how you're being successful. That's how you make money. This is what you should be looking like. Use this makeup and it'll make you look 10 years younger. All people hogwash. Except for Vanessa's products. Hey, girl. <laughs> uh, that's just on site. But, you know, we do this, this self-evaluation and we don't measure up to others in our own eyes. And guess what it makes you feel like? It makes you feel like you don't have value. You're not significant. You, sometimes you even feel like, I don't have a place in this world. Okay, we measure to others and we get this sense of unworthiness. And therefore, we feel like we don't belong. We're not like such and such, and therefore, I don't have a place. I don't have value. And this mindset and this false belief system prevents us from connection. Believing these lies about yourself shuts you down. It shuts us down from being the person that God has created us to be. And it will cause incredible fear. Because remember, everybody, 
everybody wants to belong to something. And if you have made up in your mind and you believe the lies that you can't belong to anywhere, it makes you very fearful. Fear of rejection. Fear of abandonment. And they are very, very natural responses because that's how God has wired us. And we hold, we hold back out of fear. We hold back out of fear to actually reach out and trying to connect with someone. Can I say that even some people won't get married because of that fear? I know people who out of fear of being real and connecting on a real deep level, out of fear of, of not being good enough or not being valuable enough, they actually will not commit to a, to a marriage. What's the antidote? What's the antidote to shame and fear? Knowing that we are deeply loved by God helps us overcome shame and fear. It helps us to become courageous. It helps us to become authentic. It helps us to become real with first yourself and then with others. Okay. You get to be you, I get to be me. Okay. We all belong. We all have purpose in the family of God. And we each have a place only that we can fill. There's a place for you. If you wanna, if you wanna make this your family, there's a place for you here in our community as much as you want. There's a place for you. You, you belong. And especially if you don't have family close by or you're, or you're estranged from your family. And there's many people around these days who are estranged from their families. We know, we know a young couple with children who are estranged from, from one parent for many, many years. It's a sad thing, but that's the reality. And so you can make this your family. So I want to encourage us today. Start building relationships amongst each other. You know, step out. You know, go to someone you don't know and just ask them, hey, how are you doing? What are you doing with your life? What's your job? Okay. What? Well, what sort of a job have you got? Well, listen, it doesn't have to be confronting. It's real and it's authentic. Okay. We're being open and honest with one another. Okay, let's overcome fear and shame. And let's choose to belong. Okay, each person here, each person here has value. Aaron has value. I love how this young man worships God. Okay, he has great value here in this family. Okay, each and every one. Damon, you have great value in this community. This community would not be the same. Okay, each and everybody, each and every one of you. And guess what? When you don't show up on Sundays, I miss you. I really do. You know, and so, and so, I want to encourage us. Let's choose to belong. We are committed to bring the culture of heaven to this place. 
We are committed to bring the culture of heaven, to bring relationship and connection with one another, but then it's not just for us here. We want to go and connect and build relationship with other, with other ministries, with other churches, so that in this city we can bring the kingdom of God. Our community will not bring the kingdom of God into our city. But combined with other like-minded, kingdom-minded ministries like YWAM and Land Down the Road and many, many others that we are connected with, together we will bring, I believe, the kingdom of God to this city. can't be done single-handedly. It's got to be a combined effort. And so the culture of heaven culture of heaven, the government of heaven through family will be established. Now I want to encourage you in your own families start looking to bring the culture of heaven into your own families with your own children especially when you have young children you know start start loving them, start making them a priority, start building the next generation because if we don't do it it'll die out we need to bring up the next generation. We need to bring, we need to bring up the next generation who, are, who will not walk in the same bondage that we have with shame and fear and stuff like that. You know, I decree over River all the time, you are fearless. You're a man of God. You are fearless. You can do anything. You know, you are loved by God and you are loved by your family. You don't have to fear a thing. And, you know, because... this. We don't, we don't want this next generation to be bound by fear. I have so much fear to let go, to let go over the last few years. And even last week, you know, I recognized when Paul brought this word that there was still a lot of fear in my life. But fear holds you back. We don't have to fear a thing. We sang it this morning. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Okay. Now, if, you, if you've never belonged to the family of God, if you've never known what it means to be born again and to be, become a Christian and to be added into the family of God, I want to encourage you today, open your heart to Jesus. Because that's the first step of belonging to the family of God, is that you open your heart and you receive Jesus, and then you become part of the family of God. And um, you know, that's an encouragement for anyone who, who might not even have known what I was talking about. But, um, but that's the first step, asking Jesus to come into your life, to let you lead you and guide you and to, and to bring freedom to your life and to make you a child of God. And I want to finish up, finish up with this. We have... A family camp coming up. Set Free have done family camps for the last few years. And we have found this amazing campground just out of Kanangra. It's not too far to go. And we are going on family camp from Friday the 24th to Sunday the 26th of February. We always kick it off with a family dinner on Friday night. It's a family meal. We encourage everybody to get there and we'll eat together and, and share a meal together and, and just hang out together. It's a very relaxed camp. We don't have speakers coming in or anything like that. It's a very relaxed camp because it is 
purposefully um, available or, or to build connection and to build relationship. And so we hang out a lot. We go swimming, we, we play cricket, we have a concert. We have a concert on Saturday night. That, sorry? A trivia night, concert, whatever we want to do. Um, we're just going to hang out and get to know one another. And so, and so, um, it's fully catered. You don't have to worry about food. You are going to get fed. And let me tell you, you are going to get fed. There is a lot of food there. Okay? So, and, and if, if, if you want to, there are, there are cabins. There are cabins, but they are limited. So with the cabins, it's first in, best dressed, with payment. Yes, that's Winnie. <laughs> Thank you, Winnie. Now, we have cabins and we have camping ground. So you can bring your camping gear, your tents and everything, and it's, it's a lot of fun. And so I want to I wanna do a plug for it after my preach today because this is what, what it's all about. It's us doing relationship, us connecting, building friendship, building relationship. And what a better way to do it than spending a couple of nights and a couple of days together out in the, in the nature, in the bush. And um, we have the campground booked solely for us. There's not going to be any other campus using the amenities and the, and the kitchen and stuff like that. So it's, um, it's ours. So I want to encourage you, start thinking about it. I know, I know it's a few weeks away. But if you if start thinking about it now and, and make preparations for it, because we realistically want as many as possible to come along and just do that. And that Sunday, that Sunday we have church out there. So if you can't come, you can come and join us on Sunday morning out there for church day. We know church here. We'll go out to, we'll have it out in Kanangra. Okay. So I want to just encourage us. Choose to belong. You know, and if this is not your fit, this is not your fit, go and find another family of God that's your fit. Okay, we, we don't hold on to people here. We don't, you know, but I think this is a pretty good place. I mean, we had a pretty special morning this morning. And, um, and I personally wouldn't want to be anywhere else, but that's me. I'm just, I just love this, I just love this place. And so I want to encourage you, but I want to open the altar up. Um, Sean, can you come, darling, and just play maybe this No Longer Slave song for me, darling? Um, I, just, I just wonder if when I've spoken about fear and shame, if there's been maybe a bit of a, a rise in your emotions or maybe, maybe a button got pushed or, or you realized that you know, there is shame, there is comparison, there is fear in your life. I don't want you to leave here without having given that to Jesus and allowing Jesus to come and just bring healing and restoration to your, to your heart and, and to your mind. And, you know, even the self-talk. What are you telling yourself? What, um, what are you telling yourself when everything is quiet and you lie in bed and maybe you had a run-in with somebody. Maybe you had a fight with your spouse or you, had, you got cranky at the kids. And 
the boss wasn't happy with you. You know, if you want prayer for anything, but specifically for that, why don't you come as the guys just lead us into that song, no longer slave to fear, and take a step forward, take a step out of that into your freedom this morning. So I just want to pray for the rest of us. Father, I just thank you that you are a good, good father, that you love your sons and your daughters. Lord, that you never shame us. Lord, there is nothing in you that we have to be afraid of because you are the perfect father. And we can come to you this morning just laying down, Lord God, all of our fear, all of our shame. We can lay down all of our, all of our wrong beliefs. We can, Lord, stop listening to the lies of the enemy. Lord, and embrace the family of God, to embrace the culture of heaven. Lord, I want to decree over this place here today, Lord God, on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, let, let us become, Lord God, Lord, the family of God, the family of heaven, like you've intended us to be, Jesus. Letting go, letting go, letting go, even of past bad experiences, Lord God, with, Lord God, with relationships. Lord, help us to be real and authentic. Lord God, open and honest with one another because, Lord God, nobody is perfect. And Lord, help us to encourage one another and draw the gold out, Lord God, in, in one another, Lord God, so that we can truly, Lord God, have healthy, authentic relationships in this family. Amen. You unravel me with a melody you surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone. Now I'm, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. From my mother's womb, you have chosen me. Love has called my name. And I've been born again. To a family, your blood flows through my veins. Now I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. You split the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears were drowned in perfect love. You rescued me so I could stand and say, I am a child. You split the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears were drowned in perfect love.
Father, we just thank you so much. Freedom, Lord, we decree freedom over this place, over every person in this, in this family. And Lord, we thank you that the belly is boiled, that there's refreshments. We thank you, Lord, that you draw us into relationship. So the belly is on, go berserk. Have a cuppa.